Hello and welcome back to the Politics Unbox podcast. My name is Reese, and this is the 69th episode, I believe, of the coronavirus updates section of the podcast. Um, today we're going to be talking about uh, the Prime Minister's remarks on care homes. We are going to be talking uh, about uh, Jair Bolsonaro, the president uh, of Brazil. And we are going to be talking about national and international updates in the COVID-19 saga. I'm also going to talk about the testing system as well, if I remember to uh, put it back in at the end of this podcast. Um, so let's start in the, the biggest, uh, well, the, the, the biggest story on the page I am currently looking at as I record this podcast, which is President of Brazil, Jair Bolsonaro, has tested positive for COVID-19. Um, he's been tested regularly and he has finally come down with the disease of disease. He uh, has called a little flu, saying he wouldn't be seriously affected by it. He's been one of the COVID-sceptic governments, uh, one of the most COVID-sceptic government leaders in the world. And now President Bolsonaro has contracted uh, coronavirus. Whether or not this will um, precipitate a change in his policy, I don't know. But what we do know is that uh, he came down with a fever. Uh, He says he feels quite very well. Uh, After saying on Sunday he was experiencing symptoms, sort of a, a high temperature, a cough and feeling unwell. He took the test on Monday after feeling worse. And this is, um, well, after having taken hydroxychloroquine, a drug championed by the US President Donald Trump as a um, sort of cure-all for the coronavirus. Uh, People are wishing him the, the best and a speedy and full recovery from the disease. But a message coming out from the executive director of the World Health Organization, Dr. Mike Ryan, added, uh, I think the message to us all is we are vulnerable to this virus. Back in April of this year, Jair Bolsonaro said that even if he were to be infected with the virus, he said that he would not have to worry as I wouldn't feel anything. At most, it would be like a little flu or cold. Um, When he made those remarks, uh, the number of COVID-related deaths was under 3,000, the number of infections under 40,000. That's in uh, Brazil. As of Monday, the number of deaths in the country, more than 65,000. Infections, over 1.6 million in both cases there, second only to the United States of America. Now, despite these rising numbers, incredible numbers when you think about it. Um, President Bolsonaro is arguing still that the regional lockdowns imposed by governors are having a more damaging effect than the actual virus itself. He's accused the media of spreading panic and paranoia. Uh, Back in March, he said, uh, from what I've seen until now, there are other kinds of flu which have killed more people than that one, the coronavirus he's talking about. Um, And he said, after being stabbed, I'm not going to be brought down by a little flu. It is that kind of language which makes people think they are confident enough to to go out and flagrantly flaunt the lockdown rules. 
Um, he's attended a number of public events without a mask, even when local rules force and require people to wear one. Um, he met up with uh, a foreign minister and uh, his foreign minister, rather, and um, another, I believe, American ambassadorial presence in Brasilia on Independence Day. No one was wearing a mask or socially distancing. Uh, Bolsonaro himself had his arm around, I believe, the ambassador. Um, the ambassador himself has had no testing uh, and has no symptoms, but will soon undergo testing. Um, this is Joe Bolsonaro's fourth test for coronavirus. Uh, it, is, it is his first positive, um, but he is part of a wider narrative. The COVID skeptic national leaders. Um, himself, ostensibly Donald Trump, uh, and several others around the world who have not quite taken the virus with the severity that many people um, would deem it necessary. And people are dying in Brazil, in large numbers. Jair Bolsonaro may undergo some sort of Damascene conversion after having contracted this um, this virus. Uh, I, I do still hope, as with every person who contracts this virus, that it is not serious and it is not fatal. Um, but I do hope that Mr. Bolsonaro comes out of this experience with a renewed um, knowledge of what this virus can actually do and why he should not be uh, so arrogant and dismissive in his treatment of the coronavirus when people are dying every day in his country in large numbers because of it. Now I'm going to move on to a different leader, uh, the Prime Minister. And number 10 has refused to apologise for what is being labelled the crass remarks of the Prime Minister about care homes. Uh, and number 10 has rejected those calls for an apology. Uh, Boris Johnson saying too many care homes didn't really follow procedures over coronavirus. Now Labour, as I said, they have labelled these comments crass. Uh, and said that the government advice to care homes rather than uh, the care homes themselves is to blame because the government advice had been conflicting. Uh, a union has accused the Prime Minister of blaming care workers for the government's failings, but Downing Street said that Boris Johnson had been pointing out that not enough was known about the virus in the early stages of the outbreak. And the Prime Minister's official spokesman has added that care homes have done a brilliant job under very difficult circumstances and the government had put in place rigorous testing and additional funding. However, Labour's Shadow Health Secretary Jonathan Ashworth said that people were insulted by the remarks. Um, care homes have been hit particularly badly by the coronavirus pandemic with nearly 20,000 people confirmed to have died of COVID in care homes in England and Wales since the outbreak began. In a question in the House of Commons... The Shadow Health Secretary called on Health and Social Care Secretary Matt Hancock to apologise for the Prime Minister's remarks, but Matt Hancock had to defend the Prime Minister, uh, explaining that because asymptomatic transmission was not known about, the correct procedures were therefore not known. So, in a sense, um, that is actually the point that these care workers are making. It is not the care workers and the care homes that are to blame for the the poor wording or, or lack of uh, scientific basis behind 
uh, or faith in the lockdown restrictions and the guidelines for care homes. The Prime Minister uh, saying that it is uh, care homes not following procedures rather than the procedures themselves that is a problem uh, is um, quite troubling. And the fact that we've had to see various press statements and spokespeople um, sort of scamper out to defend the Prime Minister's statements by saying, oh no, he actually meant this. Very Trumpian. Whenever Trump makes a statement, you'll notice that the press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany, what a tough job she has got. Uh, and other uh, Trump supporters will all sort of come out into a press circuit and say, oh no, well, what the president actually meant was this. Um, and this has happened here. It is quite noticeable, the, the parallels between uh, this incident and the incidents that always happen when Donald Trump sends a 3am or a 1am tweet um, or even sometimes a, a middle of the day tweet um, another government minister Lord Greenhall admitted in the House of Lords however that guidance given to care homes during the initial stages of the pandemic was not as clear as it could have been so even the government minister not quite towing the line um Mark Adams, who is the chief of the Community Integrated uh, Care Charity, told the BBC Today programme the Prime Minister's comments were cowardly and a travesty of leadership. And Unison, the trade union representing workers providing public services, has said it is despicable for Boris Johnson to blame incredible dedicated care workers for his own government's failings. The Prime Minister should be ashamed, take responsibility and commit to proper lasting reform of social care. Now, behind the scenes in government, uh, apparently there is a, a frustration that the care sector has escaped largely blame-free from the crisis. Care homes are not government-run, of course. They're not like the National Health Service. On the whole, they are owned and operated privately. Um, in a network of more than 14,000 care homes, there is some room for variation in how well they perform and how good their practices are. Not all care homes have seen outbreaks. Naturally, that precipitates questions. But in this instance, the sector itself has very much a moral leg to stand on when they complain that the guidance was changing all the time. The national effort on PPE was focused on the NHS, which left some homes severely lacking in equipment. The rollout of testing was slow. Uh, it's only now. Now we're still only seeing residents and staff able to get regular testing. It was previously, I believe, five tests per care home. That's not enough. Um, the virus is tricky to contain. The UK is not alone in struggling to protect care homes. However, there are failings from the government and from individual care homes. There, there are individual care homes which have handled this better than others, but they have definitely the moral authority to turn around and question the government on this issue. Um, no debate on care homes will be complete without the mention of funding on this matter. Uh, the overhaul of the care system has been talked about for, uh, let me think, probably as long as I've been having an interest in politics, which is uh, pretty much, well, it's over 10 years now. Uh, nothing has been done. 
some services are in a precarious position and the virus has exploited that and found ways to to get into these care homes and to run riot um the conservatives promise an extra 1 billion pounds per year for care homes for social care sorry not care homes in england over the next 5 years the government has also given an extra 3.2 billion pounds in emergency covid funds to english councils which can be put towards helping social care costs and has promised an extra 600 million pounds for care homes to help with controlling infections but as the conservative party used as its mantra for many many years just throwing money at a problem does not work um it has to be targeted it has to be strategic and it has to be organized better than this time to move on to the next story i'm going to cover and it is the news that melbourne is back into lockdown the border between new south wales and victoria has closed that is it no more entry to new south wales from victoria and um well here we go is another spike another local lockdown and australia seemed to have handled this one uh in the the best manner that they could uh new south wales has gone back into this regional lockdown uh, a couple of days ago i think on the podcast i brought to you uh the story that there were um there were some tower locks that had to go back into lockdown in melbourne uh, and we're going into isolation but now here we are back going into uh going into lockdown uh, that is a little trip across the, the the other side of the globe really to uh to australia a study from spain has come forward which has cast doubt on the theory that herd immunity will actually protect the populations um it is well this herd immunity was sort of up at the start of the um of of the lockdown period where we were hearing all of the, the the major scientists really from um what is it sage and others saying uh herd immunity could be a possible source uh, of our long-term future in relation to this virus but a new spanish study has cast doubt on that particular theory meaning we may well be stuck in this cycle going round and round and round of of lockdowns and spikes and lockdowns and and spikes uh all the way up until we get either a, a vaccine or some other method of controlling the virus. Um, in more UK news, three pubs which have reopened at the weekend have had to close again. Customers have been tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, this hopefully will mean that the effectiveness of this new contact tracing system in pubs will go into force. Um, the idea that people will be giving in their, their phone numbers and so forth uh, when they enter the pub so that everyone can be contacted, well, hopefully that system works. Um, turning to the economy side, as this podcast goes out today, uh, the Chancellor will be setting out details of his plan, his summer statement um, which will be delivered on wednesday the 8th of july um, and at the moment there are going to be th- 
three billion pounds worth of funding to cut emissions and support jobs, uh, and a two billion pound home insulation grant to boost the economy, which has been knocked for six. Uh, it's gone twelve rounds with Mike Tyson, if I can get that metaphor left in. Uh, after the coronavirus, it's in a pretty bad state. Um, we do know that there are more than a million young workers who are without a job if the overall UK uh, level of unemployment goes up from the current 4% to 10%, according to the Resolution Foundation think tank. And um, there are plenty of other sectors which are going to get hit very hard by the coronavirus. So the Chancellor has a lot on his plate for the summer statement. Now, I want to make uh, one last point, which is about asymptomatic spreading and testing of people with COVID. This is a study from the Office for National Statistics saying that only 22% of people tested positive for coronavirus reported noticeable symptoms on the day of their test. Um, And this is just saying, look, really, asymptomatic transmission is a big deal. Uh, If 78% of people who test positive as a result of the government's testing program uh, do not show or demonstrate any noticeable symptoms, then we need to start thinking that this is really more of a problem than, uh, well, than than we even thought. Um, That's just a a bit of a a wake-up call. That 78 includes what's called pre-symptomatic and asymptomatic people. So if on the day of the test, no symptoms, but two, three days later, suddenly, here we go, uh, fever, cough, loss of appetite, uh, smell and taste, that'd be pre-symptomatic. But asymptomatic, the more dangerous one, uh, it's time to... um, time to, to, to really worry that we could be spreading this without ever even knowing that uh, you've had it, which is, is dangerous. Um, because you, you wouldn't think to necessarily go for a test. We're being told, book for a test if you have symptoms. But if you don't have symptoms, well, why would you book for the test? Anyway, that is all the time we have today on the Politics Unboxed podcast. So I want to thank you very much for listening. I hope to see you all around again soon for the next episode of the podcast. But until then, goodbye. Thank mm-hmm. you.